Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. The lesson is the baptism of our Lord Jesus. You and your Sunday school teacher have just read through St. Mark's account here. During the lesson, the teacher made sure you also heard the details from St. Matthew and St. Luke. Now the teacher has handed you a large sheet of white paper, one of those 11 by 17 sheets, box of crayons within arm's reach, sketching pencils if you prefer. She says, draw what you see. One of your classmates starts whining. He'd rather color between the lines of what somebody else has imagined, but eventually everybody gets started because, well, there's no snack unless everybody has drawn their picture. So what are you going to include in your drawing? What do you see? Well, there's John, of course. Unruly hair and gnarly beard and camel's hair clothing and a leather belt around his waist. You got to make John kind of skinny. Aren't a lot of calories in a diet of locusts and wild honey. There's the flowing water of the Jordan River, palm trees on each side. Crowd of people standing nearby. Some of them also in the water with John. And standing at the center of your drawing is a 30-year-old man, Jesus of Nazareth. Of course, by this time, you've had to reach a decision. Are you going to show the baptism itself? And there's, there's John holding a large seashell and pouring water over the top of Jesus' head. Your Jordan River is not very deep. Or you have the two of them in a deep pool and Jesus is waist deep and soaking wet as he was momentarily buried in the water and then raised out of it. Or, or are you going to show what happens afterwards? Then you have to have a dove fluttering down to, to land on Jesus' shoulder. And you have to show the sky being torn open like a giant bedsheet. And as the sky opens up, you draw sound waves coming down and, and maybe even the words the Heavenly Father announces, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The Sunday school time runs out as your teacher hands out the goldfish crackers and tells you how good it was to have you in her class. She collects every, everybody's drawing without explaining the following Sunday you find out why. The following Sunday you get your drawing back, but only after you have spent some time reading from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans. In fact, this following Sunday you read Romans 6, 1 to 11. You discuss it with your teacher. Questions asked. Questions answered. The teacher says, now keep your Bible open to that passage and see what I've done, she asks. I've taped another big white blank sheet of paper alongside your drawing of Jesus' baptism. On that big, big white blank sheet, she says, I, I want you to draw what your own baptism means today. 
One of your classmates starts whining again. He'd still rather color between the lines of what somebody else has imagined, but eventually everybody has to start because, well, you know, otherwise no snack. So what are you going to draw this time? Well, you write at the top what my own baptism means today. And you look across the table and your classmate Josh is already into it. He shows himself with a bath towel wrapped around the top of his head. Another bath towel wrapped around most of his body. He's still dripping wet. Behind him is a bathtub filled with soapy water. And in the water, he's written several words. Anger, jealousy, cursing, laziness, lies, lust. The words are floating in the soapy water, but they're obviously about to go down the drain. This is what my own baptism means today, Josh says. My sins have been washed away. Right next to you is your classmate, Sophie. Sophie has drawn herself wearing a beautiful white robe, not a spot on the robe. Nothing on the luxurious white fabric except the name Jesus Christ. This is what my own baptism means today, Sophie says. I wear a robe of righteousness that Jesus bought for me and gave me. Across from her, your classmate Nick is finishing his drawing as well. He has himself in a courtroom. He's got this huge smile on his face as he gazes up at the judge seated at the bench. The, the judge is just about to pound his gavel and dismiss the court. But first, Nick has drawn these words coming out of the judge's mouth. I find the defendant not guilty. This is what my own baptism means today, Nick says. For Jesus' sake, God has declared me not guilty of any wrongdoing. If you were that Sunday school teacher, how would you assess the drawings? What sort of feedback back would you give? Even if Josh doesn't do well with his crayons, you'd say, well done. Even if you had to have to ask Sophie and Nick to explain what they've drawn because their skill with sketching pencils is no better than Josh's, you'd say, I, I like these. I like them because these are what God tells us in his holy word. At your baptism, Yes, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were declared not guilty in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God, 1 Corinthians 6. At your baptism, you were clothed in Jesus' robe of righteousness. That's what the Bible says, you'd say. You'd say, baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is an amazing eternal promise from God that you belong to him. Your baptism is all good news. But there's something more, isn't there? If you were the Sunday school teacher who's just studied Romans 6 with your students, you'd, you'd have to say that, wouldn't you? There, there's something more. And even if you haven't been in a Sunday school classroom for decades, along with me, you're reading Romans 6 today, and, and here it is. Something more that your baptism means to you today. Would, would you kindly turn with me to that passage?
In the worship folder, it's on page 7. In your Bible, again, the start of Romans 6. As you're turning to it, let me remind you that the Apostle Paul loves to tell about the grace of baptism, the grace of forgiveness, the grace that the gift of faith is, the the grace that, for Jesus' sake, none of us stands condemned in God's courtroom. But then he's got to ask what many people do ask about grace. Should I keep lying so that I might experience more grace? Should you keep cursing so God can forgive you more? Should the the baptized keep abusing alcohol? Should all their worries keep silencing and contradicting their prayers? Should they keep being angry at other people because those other people are so bad? Should they keep giving in to to anger? Shall we keep on sinning so that grace may increase? Absolutely not. And here's why. Because we are those who have died to sin. How can we go on living in it any in it any longer? And when did you and I die to sin? Go back to Jesus' baptism. Jesus' baptism was done with water and keeping with God's command. But for him, it wasn't a washing away of sin. Jesus personally didn't need that. For him, it wasn't a a robe of righteousness given to him or a not guilty verdict. He, he, he didn't need either of those. He already was righteous and not guilty. No, baptism for the Son of God included a, a public announcement by God the Father. I'm well pleased with my Son. I'm pleased with what he's been. And I'm especially pleased with what he is about to do. Baptism for the Son of God was a public indication that the Holy Spirit would accompany him and, and approve him and even strengthen him for the task ahead, for resisting the devil's temptations and remaining without sin, for proclaiming God's gracious kingdom, for, for showing God's compassion and power with his miracles, and especially for taking our sins upon himself and dying with them and being buried with them. So when did you and I die to sin? When Jesus Christ died on the cross and when he was buried. How did that become my personal reality and yours? When we were baptized. The apostle asks, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ, into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death with all our anger, jealousy, and cursing, with all our laziness, lies, and lust, with all our self-abuse, worries, and impure desires. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, get this, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Your baptism joined you to Jesus Christ. 
it joined you to his death and burial to sin. It joined you to his resurrection to a new life. And indeed, we who have been sin- I'll be more careful reading this. Indeed, since we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Of course, right here, the apostle isn't writing so much about your resurrection to eternal life on on, on judgment day. No, here, he's especially telling you that at your baptism, you were joined to Christ and raised to a new way of living every day of your life, including today. Okay, I, I got to concede something. There are certain passages in Paul's epistle to the Romans. You need to read several times in order to appreciate them. Perhaps today you haven't had the chance to to read through Romans 6 several times, but I'm, I'm sure you can see this. Matter of fact, you could probably pick up, pick up a box of crayons or sketching pencils and you could start drawing this. On one side of your drawing, there's, there's you. On the other side, there's Jesus. And there's the connection made, what, with, with arrows, with, with something that ties you to him. Here's the point. Here's what you need to see. By baptism, you've been joined to Jesus Christ. By baptism, your baptism, you've been joined to Jesus Christ. By baptism, you've been joined to his death on the cross. Jesus was crucified. Your old sinful nature was crucified. That sinful nature, also known as the old self, can be a a cruel master. He he could lead you to do and say and think all sorts of terrible things and then afterwards turn around and and accuse you with your own conscience. But the, the sinful flesh does not control you. Your old self does not direct everything you say, think, and do. Your sinful nature got crucified when Christ was crucified. And he gets crucified all over again every time you return to what occurred at your baptism. By your baptism, you've been joined to Christ. By your baptism, you've been joined to his resurrection. Paul's words here. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So also you. By baptism, you've been joined to Christ's resurrection. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Joined to Jesus Christ at your baptism, you live to to serve God. So do I. Joined to Jesus Christ at your baptism, you live to measure the words you speak before they come out of your mouth. So do I. 
joined to Jesus Christ at your baptism, you live to be, to be patient with your fellow sinners and to forgive them. So do I. Joined to Jesus Christ at your baptism, you live to, to be self-controlled, to think of the consequences before you act. So do I. Joined to Jesus Christ at your baptism, you live to listen carefully to the Heavenly Father's promises to bless and keep his children and, and yeah, to share those promises for encouraging others. So do I. Join to Jesus Christ at your baptism. You live with the, the, the strength of Christ, the, the power of Christ, the love of Christ, the mercy of Christ, the, the grace of Christ. So do I. What does your baptism mean for you today? I'm sure each of you, given the opportunity, could could add to what I've said and do so in, in keeping with God's word. But when you do that, and, and, and when you reflect on your private baptism uh, on a daily basis, be sure to include Romans 6. What Jesus has done for you, you're right there with him. Who he is, you're right there at his side. What he does for you, for your future days on earth and in heaven itself, you're, you're connected to him 100%. Praise God, I've been baptized. So have you. By baptism, each of us has been joined to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.